0: So tonight we're going to be looking at the gospel according to John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. And so I've titled this lesson, this message tonight, as the heart of a soul, uh, the heart of a soul winner. Individuals who have a desire, and it's my prayer, brothers and sisters, that should be all of our hearts. We all should have a desire to be soul winners for the Lord soul winners for uh, kingdom's sake. Because don't don't get me wrong, uh, the things that we do here is nice that we come together and we have fellowship, we have eating, the various classes, things that we get together for. It's uh, good to have good music and all of that. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done and the dust settle, God has called us. He has beckoned all of us to be soul winners. Now we may not do it. All the time we may not do it as consistent as we should, but when the dust settles, this is truly how and why we should be, as scripture tells us, about our father's business, and that's winning souls for uh, the kingdom. So tonight, we're going to look at John 1 and verses 35 uh, through 42, and I promise you, I'm going to hit every verse and I'm prayerfully. There'll be some things you already know, but prayerfully, if you're like myself, no matter how many times I read scripture, every time I read scripture, is just like traveling down a highway that you've traveled down so often, and in my family, I'm the one that drives a lot, but every once in a while when the mrs. drive, and I get a chance to sit on the passenger side, and I'm looking, there are things that I see that I didn't see the first the second and third and fourth time around. And so, prayerfully, uh, tonight's scripture will be the same for you. So, when we look at John 1 and verses 35 uh, through uh, 42, I'm going to read that for you since you all have been so gracious to uh, pray and everything. I'm going to give your voices a chance to rest for just a few moments. But John, uh, St. John chapter 1, verses 35 through uh, 42, and it reads as follows. And again, the next day after John stood... And the two of his disciples, and look, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And, the, and then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, Rabbi which is to say, being an interpret master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt. And abode with them that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and said unto him, We have found the master, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, and thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone God's word for God's people and God's word is already blessed so tonight when we think about again the the heart of a soul winner and again I said a few moments ago this is what we should be doing Uh, we go through all of our classes all of our training and everything and that's good and we need that And it's so important. But after you have gone through all your training, building relationships, being in your very uh, connect classes and small groups and uh, being in the uh, three different services on Sunday morning and anything that goes on throughout the week. What do you do after all of that? After you have been ministered to, poured into What are you doing with that? And the book of Proverbs in your outline, as you look at your outline, the book of Proverbs uh, chapter 11 and verse 30 states that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that wins souls is wise. So again, I want you to look there. I want you to think about it. This is just not Brian Hood talking about what we ought to do, but I'm just reinforcing. I'm restating or enforcing what the Bible says. And anytime, anytime you need to know anything, and I, I tell people all the time that you ought to go to Scripture. You don't have to think. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to ponder. I know a while back some time ago there was a popular saying that came out, and it disturbs me. It really disturbed me when I hear people say it, and even now I still hear people say it. What would Jesus do? WWW. I think that's how... It went once upon a time. And here's the reason why it disturbs me so so much. Why do you have to wonder what Jesus would do when all you have to do is open up the book and read what he actually did? Does that make sense? And so, so the Bible tells us that he who wins souls is wise. And again, even if we're not doing this, brothers and sisters, we are called to be soul winners for the Lord and there are people I want to make sure that you understand there are people who will not hear about Jesus unless someone and that someone is you and I again don't let anybody uh, convince you otherwise to say that I don't have anything to do there is no work for me to do there is enough work to do in the kingdom for every last one of us sitting here in this room tonight, and we don't even have to step on each other's feet and get in each other's way if we are about our Father's business. And so, there will be people who will not hear about Jesus unless you or I or somebody tells them about him. Peter here, Peter preaches, for example, Peter preaches one sermon. Day of Pentecost, Peter is preaching. And in that one sermon, and because... He preached that one sermon. The Bible tells us that over 3,000 souls were added to the church. So I want you to think about it as this. And I don't want you to be arrogant in your thinking or anything of that nature. I don't want you to have the mindset that if I don't do it, that it won't get done. Because maybe that's so at your house. Maybe that's so at the place where you work. But that's not so when it comes down to kingdom work. And if you don't believe me. Miss Sunday and watch and see, don't God have somebody else to take your place? Okay. But I do want you to think about it in terms like this. God called each and every one of you that's sitting here tonight. He called you and he set you aside for a purpose. And if you don't do it, if you don't show up, if you're not on your post, somebody's going to miss out on something because you didn't do what it was that God Call you to do there are people who are blessed by singing you have a beautiful voice but you get all puffed up and you make up in your mind they need me and I'm not showing up today somebody just missed out on a blessing because you wasn't there or you may be the teacher or whatever it is that God has called you don't ever think that people are not watching you and I they're not looking at you and I And they're not being blessed by what you and I do. There are some people who may never say anything. But always remember, if you don't show up, if you don't do what it is that God has called you to do, that somebody is going to miss out on something. The gospel has spread by one person telling another person that Jesus Christ is mighty uh, to save. And so, again, keep that in mind when it comes down to reaching uh, souls for uh the kingdom again uh i also want you to make sure that you understand when we think about the gospel and here's something for you to write down or text to yourself or even to uh memorize that the gospel is one beggar telling another beggar where he can find bread the gospel and spreading the gospel and and having a heart of a soul winner And our job should be just like a beggar. One beggar telling another beggar where he can find bread. And the bread that I'm talking about tonight is not the bread that you would find on the shelf at a grocery store. But I'm talking about the bread of life. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And so my question to you tonight that I'm going to ask and even challenge you. Are you telling as a beggar, are you telling one beggar? where another can actually find bread? Or are you taking everything that you learn and everything that's being poured into you are you taking it and once you get it you shut up the Bible and you go home and kick back on your couch and everything and I got mine and they'll have to get theirs the best way they know how? Or that's somebody else's job that's all Brother Way's job or all the other pastors' job that's not my calling and I pray that you don't have that mentality tonight. And so If you're going to have the heart of a soul winner, here are a couple of things that you must understand and realize. And it's all right here in the text tonight. First thing that you and I must understand that if we're going to have a heart of a soul winner, that you and I must first of all have a personal relationship with Christ. We've got to have a personal relationship with Christ. It's hard to win somebody to Christ. When you don't even know him for yourself. And I don't know about you brothers and sisters. But I know people who try to tell other people about Christ. And they themselves don't even know Christ. In the pardon of their sins. Why in the world would you listen to somebody. And they giving you directions on how uh, to get to New Orleans. And they've never been there themselves. And you're trying to take notes and write down how to get there. Why would you listen to somebody if you have an ideal and you want to try to save money or invest money, why would you talk to somebody who's broke all the time? Why would you want to talk to somebody about marriage and how to have a long-lasting, impactful, meaningful marriage? Why would you talk to somebody who's on their 20th spouse? Does it make sense? It does not make sense. And so, if you and I are going to have the heart in your hand, you don't have to prove that to Brian Hood. But do you truly know Christ? And here's the thing, and no disrespect, but I don't want to hear what your grandma had to say about him. I don't want to hear what your mama had to say about him. I don't want to hear what your daddy had to say about him or your great granddaddy. Don't get me wrong. No disrespect to those individuals. But what do you have to say? About Jesus Christ. Remember, scripture tells us that there was a story one time to where Christ had heard so much of what people were saying about him and everything. And so he called his disciples away and they stealed away because he had heard what everybody else was saying. But the Bible tells us that he asked them this question Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? In other words, who do you say that I am? And so if you truly have a relationship with Christ, and I pray that you do, it should be based off of your personal testimony. I know we may start off with mama and daddy and grandma and great granddaddy tells us. But the longer we walk with Christ, the longer that we stay on this journey, after a while, you should have your own personal testimony. You should be able to tell somebody how God saved your soul. How God brought you through danger seen and unseen. But that can't happen. That will not happen unless you truly have a personal relationship with God. You can't tell anybody about death. You can't tell anybody how to get over the death of a loved one and losing a loved one. If you don't have a personal relationship with God. You can't tell anybody about a child that you rocked in your arms and you carried them for nine months and you raised them to the best of your ability only to watch them go astray. And you worry about them and you worry about them and you just don't know what to do. And you want more for them than they want for themselves. And somebody else who's experiencing the same thing, you can't tell them how to get through this. If you don't have that personal relationship with Christ and as I said before you just don't need a Sunday school knowledge of him nor do you need this knowledge of somebody else telling you about God but again brothers and sisters you and I need that personal relationship with God and we need to know him for ourselves we need a personal walk we need a personal testimony that identifies you and I As a child of God. Many of us in this room tonight ought to be able to say, if we truly have been walking with God, if we truly have a personal relationship with God, we ought to be able to say it and say it boldly. And we don't have to think about it and we don't have to wonder about it. But we ought to be able to say that I know in whom I have believed. That I am persuaded that God is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that very day. Somebody in this room tonight ought to be able to say, because I have a personal relationship with him, the Lord is my shepherd. Somebody who has a personal relationship with him, him being God, ought to be able to say that I know that all things work together for good. You ought to be able to say these things, not of your own doing, not of your own strength, but because you have a personal relationship with him. Not only must you and I have a personal relationship with uh, God, but if you and I are going to be, have that heart of a soul winner, then we have to have our priorities in order. We have to have our priorities in order. Scripture tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto you. Here's the gist of that. Here's the synopsis of that. First of all, you need to put God first. And if you put God first, and here's a saying that I live by. And I promise you, brothers and sisters, if you learn to live by this saying as well, it will bless you tremendously. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. If you take care of God's business, God will take care of your business. Many times we put our jobs before God. We put our children before God. We put our spouses before God. And don't get me wrong, I have three children... And I love them. Love them dearly. If somebody tried to bother them, that wouldn't be pretty. I have a wife and I love her dearly. And yet, as much as I love them, they don't come before God. God is first. God is first and then they come, everybody else comes in their perspective order. But if you truly want God and see the hand of God move in your life. The job that you may hate going to every day. The child that won't do right. The spouse that you constantly have disagreements with and you're always at each other's throat. My challenge to you, start taking care of God's business first. And when you take care of God's business, God will take care of you your business. So we have to put God first and in putting God first, God will automatically take care of our careers for us. If we put God first, then God will take care of our marriage. God will take care of our family. He will take care of our home only if we put him first. Scripture here and the Bible tells us here as we continue to study the text here tonight that scripture tells us that Andrew heard John the Baptist preach. The Bible said, he heard John, but he followed Christ. He heard John. It's there in the text there. He heard John, but he followed Christ. Why is that so important? Why, why is that so significant? Why did the author put this here in the text tonight? And here's the thing that I want to remind all of us, that in whatever it is that God has called us to do, whatever abilities that we have and gifts that we have because of God always remember this that all of us who proclaim the word of God we're not doing this to get our own crown if you're proclaiming the word of God teaching the word of God living it out you and I are not doing this for our own crown We're not doing this so that people can pat us on the back and tell us how well we did. And don't get me wrong. I understand and I realize everybody likes a good pat on the back every once in a while. And that's okay in its perspective. But please remember that what we do and why we're here is not for our own crown. But it is to, again, win souls for the kingdom that God the Father may be glorified. Teaching in Sunday school, and when you and I teach in Sunday school or our small groups, please remember, we're not teaching our own opinions. If you're on the stage preaching, we are not to preach our own opinion. With all due respect, I don't care what the news people had to say last night. With all due respect, I don't care what's in the local newspaper. But when you come here, when you open up that Bible and when you open up your mouth, here is what I want to hear. Here's what others want to hear. Here's what the Lord has commanded us. What thus says the Lord? We're doing the preaching. We're doing the teaching. And even though we may be doing the preaching and even though we are doing the teaching, at the same time, we should be pointing others to Jesus. It's not us, but him. So here's the question that I want to ask you. If there was a lost person here tonight or asked you on your job or you meet them out in the street and God allows an individual who is lost and not connected to Christ and they ask each and every one of you, why do you come to Longview Point Baptist Church? What would be your response? I'm just curious. I'm lost and I don't know, don't know God, and I start asking each and every one of you, what would be some of your responses? Why do you come to Longview Point Baptist Church Sunday in, Sunday out, Wednesday every time these doors are open? Why do you come here? Preach God's Word. Preach God's word. Anybody else? He Sir? He led, he led you here, okay? Anybody else? Yes, sir. We told, fellowship. we told the fellowship. Okay. Now, here's the reason why I'm asking you that question. And I really want you to really want you to think about this because there will be people that will ask you that question. And if you and I are not careful, we will get caught up in the things that really don't have anything to do with kingdom. We'll talk about how beautiful the building is, but that shouldn't be your purpose for coming. We'll talk about how great the music is and while I love music and music ought to be great and Brother Stephen does a great job and everything, but that's not why I come. The connect classes and the things that your teachers teach you and the relationships that are being built and everything, that is great, but that's not why I come. Here's the reason why Brian Hood comes to Longview Point. I come to Longview Point every Sunday or wherever it is that God has planted me, I come to serve and to follow him. Because see, I can serve and follow him if I don't have music. I can still serve and follow him if we don't have eating on Wednesday nights. I can still serve and follow him, and the offering may not been that great that Sunday. But I can still serve and follow him. And I said we need to be very careful of that because sometimes if we're not, we'll start talking about how great everything is. And we'll have a tendency to put Christ on the back end of things. After we've talked about all the offerings, the big buildings, all the different ministries and everything. And those things are good in their perspective. But that should not be the main reason why you and I come to Longview Point Baptist Church. We come to serve him, and as a result of serving him, he leads me to join the various connect classes. He leads me to join the choir. He leads me to be in settings like this because I come to serve him. Because you do realize and understand that you can come, I can come, and be in a connect class, can be in the choir, can be in, and not even be saved, not even know God. So it's not about us, but it's always been about him. And if you come to church for any other reason, you're coming for the wrong reason. You're coming for the wrong reasons. We come again because we want to follow Jesus. And when our priorities are lined up with God, God will make the difference in how we win souls. When your priorities, when my priorities are lined up, then God will make the difference in how we win souls. I'm about to step over to the side here. That light is woo. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so, so again, God makes the difference in how we win souls. We all have a race to run, and I just told you that God has called all of us, He has set us aside for a reason and for a purpose. But here's the thing if you're going to have a heart of a soul winner and realize and understanding that you have a race to run. We must learn to lay aside every weight. Any and everything that's holding you and I down, we must learn to lay that down. And if we're going to run well, then we must run light. If you and I are going to run well for the Lord, we have to run light. If you are going to win souls for that you may have to cut out of your life. Sometimes if we're not careful, there are things of life that will weigh you and I down that will keep us from witnessing to somebody, sharing our testimony. Sometimes people, individuals have a tendency to make us feel bad or laugh at us or say, you're always talking about that Jesus. And if you're going to run well, you have to run light. And if you're going to run light, that means you may have to cut some things and some people out of your life. But not only that, but here's the next thing that you must understand. that If you and I are going to truly have a heart of a, uh, for a soul winner or to be a soul winner for the kingdom, then we must have a proper view of who Jesus really is. We have to have a proper view of who Jesus really is. And when you really know Jesus, it changes how you and I worship. When you and I truly know who Jesus really is, it really changes our outlook on worship. Once you realize, and I hear people say this all the time, and I know sometimes it's out of good intentions, but the road to hell was paved with good intentions. And sometimes I hear people say, I thank God for the man upstairs. Well, first of all, I'm glad there's not a man upstairs. Second of all, if you truly know who Christ really is, then you will understand he is more than just a man upstairs. Once you realize this, you understand that he is more than just a man upstairs. Sometimes I hear people say, well, there's a higher power. But if you truly realize and understand who Christ really is, then you begin to understand he is more than not just a man upstairs, not just a higher power, but he is God in the flesh. But you only come to that understanding when you truly know who Christ is. Many of us really can't get into the worship part of service, don't really know how to worship God. And here's the reason why we really don't know how to worship God. Because many of us, we will set whether it's in a setting like this or on Sunday morning. Now, I'm going to be the first one to raise my hand and be honest with you. So this way... If there's some of you who are like me, then you're not by yourself. Now, if you're perfect and this has never happened to you, then I'm not talking to you. Okay? But the reason why I can't really at times ever really get into service like I need to, and the reason, really, the reason why I really don't know who Jesus really is is because there's been times in my life I'm thinking about what tomorrow is going to hold. What are the children going to wear to school tomorrow? When I really ought to be praising God. I'm thinking about what the work that's been left on my desk over the weekend. And what's waiting on me. Do you see how all of this is weighing me down? And it's not allowing me to truly worship God. Don't get me wrong. The work is going to be taken care of. But at that moment, that's not the time to be thinking about work. If you're thinking about work right now, this is not the time to be thinking about work. If the children got to have clothes tomorrow and you're thinking about, man, what are they going to wear? And true, they got to have clothes. I got three myself. But right now is not the time for me to be thinking about what clothes are they going to wear and is this going to match with this and et cetera. That is not the time. Boy, that light is something. My goodness. All right, we're going to try that, all right? But that's not, that's, that's not the time. And so don't be guilty. Don't be guilty of sitting in settings like this or your connect classes or small groups or on Sunday morning or whatever it is that God has called you to do. And when your mind ought to be on God, it's on everything else. Because remember what I told you earlier. If you take care of God's business and you learn to truly live by it, God will take care of your business. Things that you're trying to figure out and wonder, God will loan you his mind. To figure out these things that you've been stressing out weeks and weeks at a time about. But you got to take care of God's business first. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing and then we'll get ready to wrap uh, things up because I'll be out of things to say. And I truly believe when you're when the Holy Spirit said that's enough, you have to sit down. So here's the last thing that you and I laughter. The Bible does tell us laughter is good for the soul. So here's the last thing that you and I need to realize and understand and to recognize that if we're going to truly have a heart uh, and be that soul winner for God, then we have to have passion for the lost. It does no good. It does no good to go through all the training doing what 2 Timothy 2 and 15 said, to study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We do all of this. We come on Wednesdays. We come on Sunday and any other time. I'm a deacon. I'm an elder. Whatever it is. Positions that you hold in the church. I'm on the church leadership team. You do all of these things and yet don't have a passion for the lost. Notice here in the text. Andrew. And we keep talking about Andrew tonight. The Bible, the text here that we're looking at tonight, it tells us that Andrew, after hearing John the Baptist preach, the Bible said that Andrew first finds his own brother. He first finds his own brother. Not only does he first find his own brother, and that serves as importance there. And I'll tell you in just a moment why the author put that there and why that really stands out and it should stand out to you and I. Not only does he... First find his own brother, the Bible tells us, but he witnessed and evangelized to his own brother. Now, this is Andrew here because he has a heart. He's a soul winner for the Lord. So he finds his brother, he witnessed, and he evangelizes to his own brother. Now, here's why that is so significant. Don't be guilty of trying to win me or anybody else over. And I put that there in your outline. I put it there, a little bit of humor, but I really want to make sure that you understand where I'm coming from. Don't be guilty of trying to win somebody else over and your house is tore up from the floor up. You don't know Christ. Your spouse don't know Christ. The children don't know Christ. You guys don't pray as individuals. You don't even come together and pray together as a family. But you want to try to lead somebody else to Christ. You want to try to tell somebody else why it's important that they be here at Longview Point and join and become a part of this church family. And I can count on my fingers how many times you step foot in the door. Don't be guilty. Don't let the world be able to say that. And even though you may be quoting everything that the Bible says, here's the problem with that. Your testimony. You lose your testimony and you're no longer effective. Even though you may read it word for word, black and white, and read in the red where Jesus is speaking, but if your life and your family and your home is tore up from the floor up, you lose your testimony and you are no longer uh, effective. And at the very least, brothers and sisters, I understand and I realize that our children, our family members sometimes tend to listen to other people quicker than they listen to you and I. So if you're sitting out here tonight saying, well, my family won't listen to me because they know me. My children won't hear me because I'm mama and I'm daddy and so forth. All of that may be true, but you ought to at least start the conversation. Now, they may go talk to somebody else and want to know more about this Christ. They may even talk to their friends. And children will do that. Family members will do that. Because nobody really wants to hear you and I because they know us already. That's fine. But you ought to at least start the conversation. Your first teaching and your first preaching should be in your own household. If you really want to get good at evangelizing to others, Start at your home first. If you truly want to have that heart for a soul winner and be that soul winner for the Lord, charity starts at home. And then it spreads abroad. But notice also here in the text as we get ready to wrap it up. He sought his brother out. Not only did he sought sought his brother out, but he also taught him. Many times we are so guilty of seeking people out who are lost by themselves. I mean, it's great to seek people out who are not connected, as I said in the little brochure that who are not connected to the Lord. That's great, and you ought to seek them out. You need to teach them. You need to pour into them. But don't ever let it be said that you left them by themselves. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll do that very same thing. Bring them in, and we'll throw a party. We're excited because we brought them in. And then leave them by themselves. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. We have to nurture the lost in the things of God. Before we can make them leaders in the church. Many of our churches are ticking time bombs. Because they have people in leadership who have not been nurtured in the things of God. People who have gone out and sought people out and brought them in but did not take the time to nurture them in the things of God and now have them in leadership positions within the body of Christ. And a lot of churches are ticking time bombs, just waiting to blow up. Don't let that be said of you. Now, here's the last thing to really show you about. And if you don't believe me, I'm closing my Bible. Because I think I said last thing about three times now. That's truly a Baptist preacher there. Notice we're talking about Andrew and truly having a heart for a heart of a soul and being a soul winner for Christ and for kingdom's sake. Please write this down or text this to yourself. Andrew is the one doing the work here in the text. So you have Andrew, you have Peter and or Simon Peter, Lord. uh, Andrew brings Peter to Christ. Christ changes his name. But here's the thing that is very ironic and that stands out in the text. Andrew did all the work, but it is Peter who gets all the press. It's Peter who's the one all the major news networks are talking about. Peter gets talked about in 1 Peter, 2 Peter. He's the one that's preaching on the day of Pentecost. But if you notice here in the text, that did not bother Andrew. And if you're going to truly have a heart, be a soul winner for the Lord, then it doesn't matter who's getting pats on the back. It doesn't matter if people say thank you. It doesn't matter if you're never in the limelight. Because, again, it's never been about you and it's never been about me. But it's always been about Christ. God bless you tonight. God keep you. I am done. I pray that you got something out of tonight's lesson. I pray that you can take these words back, ponder over these words, and begin to apply them to your daily life. Questions or comments? Wow, either I did an okay job or y'all just ready for me to uh, pray and let you go. But (laughs) thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, guys. Your great audience. Thank you again uh, for tolerating me for uh, these uh, few moments. Um, is there nothing else from the floor? If there's not anything else from the floor, we're going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to give you a word of prayer and then I'm going to let you go. Okay? Let us pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you again for tonight's lesson. We thank you for your word, Father God. And I pray that everything... That has been said and done tonight will be pleasing and acceptable in the eyesight. I pray again, Lord, because of your word, Lord, that we've been made better for it. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we not only just be hearers of your word, but, but that we be doers of your word. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we take your word, Lord, and that we begin to apply it to our lives right now, that we may become those soul winners for you and for us. Uh, the kingdom. I pray as we leave here tonight, I pray for your traveling grace. I pray that you keep your arms around each and every person that's in a chair tonight or that's standing up tonight. Embrace us as we get ready to go to our various destinations. And when we get there, Lord, we'll be sure to give you all the praise and honor and glory that you so much deserve. For this is my prayer. I pray in Jesus name. I pray. Let us all say together. Amen. Amen.